It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. All right, let's dive right into it with uh, Representative Ben Klein from Virginia's 6th District. As I said earlier, uh, news coming out this morning, a updated analysis on student loan forgiveness by the Penn Wharton School. We were told, you know, oh, 500 billion. We got different numbers. It keeps changing. Nothing's discussed about the systems to support the process. Uh, Where are the forms? Who's going to carry it out? What about uh, the verification? There's so much more to this. And that's why I'm a process guy. So new numbers aside for the moment, student loan debt forgiveness. From principle to practice, Representative Klein, your thoughts. Uh, David, it's it's one of the most egregious examples of uh, buying votes I've ever seen. It's, it's long and short of it. You know, the president is trying to uh, stop the losses in November. He's trying to solidify his base, which abandoned him over the summer. And he's he's figured out that the way to get them back in the fold is to try and pay off some of their student loans. But the people I talked to out in my district are furious. They uh, understand that when they're in line at the supermarket to buy groceries and they're having to settle for generic instead of name brand, and they look ahead and see somebody buying steak you know, and champagne to celebrate that their student loans got paid off, that's insulting to them. And, uh, and they want to see a change in November. The question then becomes, and you know, we'll follow the path uh, without counting the votes, obviously, we can't yet, that if the Republicans take the House in November, new Congress sworn in in January, will the Republicans take on, as is, respons- as is the responsibility and the ability of the House to handle the money, to go after the Biden administration if they're able to put even a modicum of a process in place. Because this, by all intents and many constitutional scholars, is a violation of separation of powers, separation of the branches, and a violation of the Constitution, not to mention contract law. Or just basic morality. But it is uh, a, a violation of the separation of powers, and you're going to have an aggressive Republican Congress really exerting its authority to conduct oversight over the executive branch, and it's going to be across the board. You're going to have Fauci up there. You're going to have Garland up there. You're going to have Mayorkas up there, hopefully getting impeached. But, uh, you know, there's going to be an aggressive oversight And we can't just stop there because it's not just our responsibility to stop the bad stuff. And that's one thing that I'm hearing from people. Don't just stop the bad stuff. Put forward your alternatives. Put forward good conservative legislation to get rid of all of these duplicative cabinet departments and uh, overreaching federal government largesse and, you know, start to rein in government so that even if you don't get it through the Senate, We've essentially laid down our markers as to where Republicans stand on the issues. 
So let's talk about, uh, and I agree with you, you can't just uh, have commissions, investigations, oversight hearings. Uh, you have to put forward good practice, good policy. Look, it's going to be difficult to get anything passed, but there are pathways to getting things put in, whether into bills or however it gets done. So what are some of the Republican ideas, your ideas on what needs to be done, not just talked about or discussed in an election cycle? Well, there there are numerous areas that we can work, and I'm on several working groups to get ready. What uh, we've seen is that leadership's asked for Republicans to start to put together ideas. So for big tech, uh, you know, not we talk about abolishing Section 230, but we also talk about providing more uh, accountability, liability for uh, the big tech platforms and essentially breaking their stranglehold on the First Amendment rights of conservatives. And so that is going to be legislation. We are going to pass it. And, uh, and hopefully we can at least put pressure on the Senate to have a conversation about why reigning in big tech is so important. Let me go to something specific. And if the Democrats have their way and they do begin this process in the Senate tomorrow, uh, they will confirm more left-wing judges that Biden prefers into the Article Three court system. The idea there that should they lose the majority in the Senate, they would not be able to do it. Those judges at different levels of the Article Three courts will make more decisions that affect Americans than any other system in the country. The House has a responsibility after they're confirmed and oversight as well as the possibility of impeaching a judge. If these judges go on and we see the likes of what's being proposed in the types of judges, the 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 attack or assault, I'll call it an outright assault on our Article Three courts, will the House get involved? Will the House take action against judges based on, obviously, what they do when they get there? Uh, absolutely. And, and while it's been less than I would have liked, uh, the House has traditionally overseen egregious behavior by judges and, and have impeached judges in the past. Uh, Alcee Hastings, who got impeached notoriously for in, Flo in Florida as a judge, came back and was a, a sitting member of Congress uh, after that, uh, you know, just to tell you how the kind of people were, were uh, associating with uh, former impeached judges. But, uh, you know, we are going to provide oversight. We will impeach if necessary. And one of the things we're going to be looking at in the Judiciary Committee, and I hope that Jim Jordan, who uh, is ranking member of judiciary now, uh, would chair judiciary and be aggressive in his oversight of judges who go beyond their constitutional authority and see hidden rights in the Constitution that don't exist. I mean, that's something we've been trying to roll back for, for years. And finally, our Supreme Court is succeeding in eliminating those uh, hidden discovered rights of the liberal left and the Warren Court. What else would you like to see? And I look, there's a lot on the table, so let's be fair about that. But what do you think is practical and achievable should the Republicans take the House? Next January begins the real fight. So I think we need 
oversight over what happened in Afghanistan. I think we have to uh, also look at, uh, you know, this this uh, conversation about the January 6th commission uh, and the makeup of it and whether or not it should be we should put Republicans on there who Republicans want to see on there to actually conduct the investigation of of what Pelosi knew, what conversations she was having with Capitol Police. These are all questions that need to be answered. Now, whether they're addressed by the the, uh, Jim Comer and the Oversight Committee or whether uh, the January 6th Commission has additional Republicans appointed because both of the ones who Pelosi put on there, Kinsinger and and Cheney, are are going to not be coming back. so those are all questions that the leadership is going to have to ask and answer, and hopefully they're going to solicit members of the rank and file like myself for input on that. Now, look, I'm just a talk show host here, but I have an idea or two. On the January 6th committee, and you're right, Kinzinger and Cheney gone, with the majority put in Republicans and going in, taking all the documents, all the material. This is not classified document and material for the most part. There might be some sensitive documents in there. There needs to be a full release of the information, real transparency to the American people. Would you support taking information that has either been ignored or hidden away by the Democrats and putting it out there for the American people to see? I am a fierce advocate for transparency, so if it can be put out there for the American people, it should be put out there for the American people. And I think that the commission up till now has just been an echo chamber for Nancy Pelosi and has really shielded her from any kind of accountability. And uh, we have to ask the question, does Comer do it through oversight or do does Jordan do it through judiciary or do we keep the January 6th commission going and just put, you know, a majority of Republicans who Republicans choose to sit on the committee and and um, make sure that it is uh, balanced in its investigations and looks at the Democrats as well. See, here's why I favor release over continuance. And yes, the commission can exist in some form and should. I don't want to put America through months and months of hearings and time that needs to be spent, frankly, on other economic matters, national security matters, finance matters, commerce matters, you you name it. But getting together, reforming the committee with the specific goal of we're going to go through, let's say, a 30-day period of review, and then we are going to just systematically lay this out to the American people and say, transparency, look at it all, who are you going to believe, us or your lying eyes? Because months of months of a commission, people are worn on this. They, they, they've seen this. They know the unfairness. They, and if we just flip the script and start doing the other side of the coin, well, the tune-out factor is going to come in. I, I think those are all legitimate points, and I don't have a, a firm position one way or the other on what it should look like or where it should go. But I do think for fairness and for transparency, as you say, uh, there has to be attention paid uh, to what the speaker knew, what she, uh, the conversations that she was having with the Capitol Police, uh, 
her rejection or whether there was a rejection of National Guard, uh, the offering of National Guard by the president. Uh, these, all of these, this information needs to be laid out for the American people, whether it's through just a, a document dump, as you said, just make all the documents public for the American people to decide, or, or whether it's further investigations. That's, those are decisions that need to be made. Uh, Representative Ben Klein from Virginia 6th, uh, my guest. Uh, I know something else that uh, certainly you've spoken about and that concerns you, like many, is the border and the fentanyl crisis. Your state, Virginia, the first state to report overdoses of the new nitazines, uh, the drugs that are coming in, many times stronger than opiates, than fentanyl in many cases. And then you see the addition of uh, the rainbow fentanyl for those, you know, eighth graders out there and younger kids, the appeal. So when it comes to the, the crisis and a real crisis and a deadly one as we continue to take more at the border but not catch more coming in unknown or otherwise, uh, and again, what would you and what would Congress do at this point or could you do if there's a Republican uh, majority to deal with the fentanyl crisis or the drug import, the drug crisis in this country? Well, not, not only is it directly linked to the border crisis that we have, and we do have to make that a top priority. We have to use the power of the purse to, to actually secure our border. We have uh, very few tools at our disposal. We, have, we don't have gavels right now. We don't have the power of the purse right now, but in the majority, we will have those, and we have to use them both to secure our border first and foremost, and that will help uh, to reduce the amount of fentanyl coming in, reduce the amount of crime, uh, and and start to address uh, the, the challenges moving forward. But we also have to talk about China and their role in this because uh, the much of the fentanyl and the ingredients – that are coming over from China. Uh, it's not coming solely from Mexico. And the role of China in this needs to bump up this crisis to the top of our foreign policy. You know, Biden doesn't want to talk about any of it, not only because of his past relationship with China, but also because uh, it distracts from his effort to demonize Republicans and avoid the losses of, that are coming this November. The speech in Philadelphia was just that. It was a distraction meant to get the press on board talking about something other than inflation, other than the energy crisis, other than fentanyl, other than the border crisis, other than uh, all of the other crises that are happening um, across this country created by the Biden administration. So uh, those are actions we're going to have to take. And it's going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people to, to take on China. It has been, you know, when Donald Trump took on China, a lot of people in my party, a lot of my colleagues were upset about that. Well, it's time to get uncomfortable because we've got to ask the tough questions if we're going to uh, right this ship and really, truly end this, uh, the deaths of so many children from fentanyl in this country. Representative Ben Klein, Virginia's 6th District. Sir, thank you for joining me this morning. Great to be with you. Thank you. Join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.